to the Make Defense Great Again podcast. My name is Chris Vassar, a.k.a. Coach Vass, a.k.a. The Lion Tamer. Thank you so much for joining us in the first episode. I am so excited to bring you this new podcast. We're getting started a little earlier than we anticipated, but hey, life happens. So I want to give you a little bit of a rundown of what's going to happen over the next couple weeks. First, we're going to keep the same format you know and love that you've been listening to since April. We're going to fly a little bit by the seat of our pants. We're going to take it week by week. When we feel that everybody's in their in-season groove, we'll switch to a more of a Q&A format that I've talked about where myself and a guest come on. We take your questions. In-season, we're going to record on Thursdays. You're going to have a chance to go ahead and submit those questions for things that you're going to be seeing the following week on my website. Like I said, we're going to be recording on Thursday nights. We're going to turn that podcast around, publish it on Saturday morning. That way you can listen to the topics that we address over the weekend when you're breaking down your film, and hopefully we'll get you some answers. I mentioned this in the trailer, but if it's something that maybe you're not seeing that week, you can still take some notes, file it away, and so if you see that sort of offense or whatever question we're addressing, you'll have something in your back pocket. But before we go down that road, we still have some gas left in the tank and our episodes where we dive deeper, so to speak. Before we get started, I do have a few notes for you. I have a new website, www.coachvast.com. On there, you'll be able to find links to the podcast on all major podcasting platforms, a page for CoachTube where I'm going to be releasing some videos in the near future, all the links to the pop-up clinics, a blog where my friends and even you, if you'd like, to come share some ideas where you just want to jot some things down or you want to talk about something but you don't want to start your own site. Links to various podcasts I've done besides the Deep Dive series. Articles I've done like the one I just did with Blitzology. There's also a page to contact me in various social media platforms. A page for consulting, which I will start doing this off-season and a page to donate. This brings me to my next point. This podcast does not have any corporate sponsors yet. We are talking to a few people. But this is starting from zero, starting from scratch. So I need you guys. If it's something you like, if you enjoy the podcast, you enjoy the materials, and you want to support it, the number one thing that you can do is tell people about it. As you know, a lot of coaches aren't super tech-savvy and Most of the coaches I knew a year ago didn't listen to podcasts or have podcasts or anything like that. I think sometimes we forget in the Twitterverse that we're a lot more tech-savvy than the average coach. So please, if you like the podcast, preach the gospel of Make Defense Great Again. Let your friends know about it and encourage them to listen so we can spread the word. Without further ado, let's talk about today's episode with Kyle. So what you're going to hear today is Kyle and I talking about cover three and cover six, which is strong and weak rotation cover three versus trips. Kyle talks about the various versions. We talk about it from the 30,000 foot view, and then we go through each position's responsibility in cover three and cover six. We start by basically what is referred to as teach X's on a chalkboard where we teach each position's generic responsibility, the strong curl flat, the strong hook, the weak hook, the weak curl flat, the outside third responsibility in the middle third. And then we tie it back into the coverages and we talk about which position does what 
and when you would want to use these, as well as the infamous skinny tag. I hope you enjoy the first episode, and thanks a lot for joining us. My guest today is Kyle Kogan, head coach of Lexington High School in Lexington, Missouri. Welcome to the show, Kyle. What's up, Vass? So you've uh, recently had a little bit of change in your job title since the last time I talked to you in April. Um, so you're now the head coach at Lexington, right? Yeah, I got a promotion. Nice. So you're not just uh, you're not just inflicting pain with the defense, but now the offense as well. Oh yeah. Love it, you know love it. it. Well, give give the listeners uh, for those of you guys who didn't hear the first episode we did in April talking about Ripley's match versus two by two. Stop what you're doing. Go back and listen to it. But for those of you who did listen and need a little refresher, give us a little uh, refresher on the bio. So um, I hurt my knee my senior year of high school. Um, I wanted to play in college, just didn't work out. I started volunteering at a local high school, um, you know, at 18 years old or whatever it was, 19, at uh, Staley High School. So um, they're a really successful program. Fred Bouchard was the head coach. Um, Phil Light was a DC. I learned a ton from those guys. Um, they're kind of Missouri legends. Um, a lot of people know them. Uh, Shane Taylor was another guy I learned linebacker stuff from. I was there for four years or so. Um, I spent one year at St. Mary's as a DC at 23 or whatever I would have been. Um, school closed down, weird situation. Um, so then after that, I eventually, I graduated college, like right around that time. Um, I got my first job right out of college at Lexington. And then this, this will be my sixth year at Lexington. So Good times. Love it. You guys got a cool mascot. Your mascot's the old New England Patriots mascot, correct? It is. So the uh, old head coach who's the legend at Lexington, his name's Gil Rector, won five state championships in uh, like 15, 20 years, whatever it was. Is about every four years they put one out. He actually got like written permission from the New England organization to use the uh, – the old school three point stance guy. And so, uh, he has, how like, did he the do that? Document. How did he convince him for uh, that? I don't know. It was like the seventies or sixties, whenever it was when he started coaching and mm. yes, they wrote to him. I, I don't know the whole story, but I remember hearing about it when I first got there and yeah, they actually have like written permission from whoever the owner, or, you know, whoever it was back then that owned him to use the, use that official three-point stance old-school logo. Do you guys have to renew it like every like 10 years and make sure there's still everything's still copacetic? <laughs> I have no idea. I got no You better. Idea. You don't want to get your butt sued in the middle of the year. Yeah. Robert Kraft comes flying down. It's a problem. True that. <laughs> True that. So let's start, uh, let's start talking about the stuff that everybody wants to hear. One of the most often talks or, or questions I get 
about the podcast is everybody is like, you know, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all well and good. When's Kyle going to come on and talk about trips? So um, <laughs> this is going to be a trip-specific podcast, which, you know, in the year 2019, I'm sure all of you are going to see trips and trips open. Um, so this should apply to anybody. But, uh, you know, as I mentioned, part one of this discussion of the Ripley's discussion we did in April is actually the first podcast I did. So it was only fitting that um, I had you back on and we're starting it off doing the same thing again. And this this podcast is not going to be specifically Ripley's, but there will be Ripley's uh, principles in there and whatnot. But I felt is a good starting point. Let's let's talk about the cover three stuff. So before we get into teaching the specific coverages and all that the fun stuff, let's go over the first thing that you work with when you're teaching the kids. So first thing I'm doing, like whenever we're installing uh, the cover three, cover six stuff, which to me three is just rotating strong or spinning strong, you know, whatever you want to say. And six is rotating, spinning weak. Um, you know, like I said, in the last one, we're teaching everything versus two back in the beginning. Cause then everything, every other formation is just a derivative of two back in the flows that you'll get out of a strong flow, weak flow, no flow, split flow, um, you know, boot action. Um, so we teach that for, uh, probably two weeks, week to two weeks, uh, spending a bunch of time in two back. And then, uh, and then the next thing I go into is trips. But, uh, the very first thing that I'm talking to them, um, when we're installing all of this is just the zones on the field. Um, just reminded them, you know, where the hook is, where the curl is, you know, where the flat is, um, outside third, middle of the field. Right. So I got a picture basically that I show them, you know, on like a PowerPoint. So they kind of have a general idea of what I'm talking about is the curl flat player and who the hook player is and, you know, all that good stuff. Awesome. Uh, can you go over how you define all the zones again for us? Uh, you know, doing the best we can on the audio format, not having a picture, but if you could kind of describe how you split that up for the kids, that'd be great. Yeah. So basically what I'm, what I'm just telling them general ideas is think about, you know, very beginning balls in the middle of the field. The, uh, the flat is going to be roughly where the numbers are. The curl is roughly going to be where the hashes are. And then the hook is going to be, you know, the inside in between the hashes. Um, and then obviously we have a strong and a weak hook, strong and a weak curl, strong and a weak flat. Um, which that's all just based off the formation, you know, where the passing strength is. So that, that comes, that comes into play down the road of how to play, you know, the strong hook, strong flat, whatever it might be. Um, when the ball's on the hash, um, I basically explain it to them where the zones, you know, they, they don't really move that much. Right. Um, obviously if it's on the hash, then the curl isn't, you know, on the hash anymore. It's going to be moved out, you know, in between the numbers and kind of the end man on the line of scrimmage. 
So I'm just giving them kind of a general idea, right, of where it might be. Um, again, just so they kind of know what I'm talking about. Now, after you teach the zones in the field, I know that the next step in the progression is teaching dividers to the to the kids. Can you explain to the listeners what the dividers are and why they're important? Yeah, so to me, dividers is like the foundation of all one high coverage. Um, the players need to know if they're going to get help from the middle of the field player because that's going to dictate the leverage you know, that they're going to play on, on the routes, you know, on the receiver, on the tight end, whoever it might be, um, you know, Saban calls it position maintenance, your position relative to the receiver in relation to the divider. Um, I mean, some of my kids kind of completely understand that whole thing. A lot of them, you know, I'm just getting them to be able to understand Hey, if it's going in, you're probably going to get help. If it's going outside, you're probably not going to get help. Um, the rules for our dividers are five, one bottom. Um, so it's, if the ball is on the near hash, okay. It's the bottom of the numbers. If the ball's in the middle of the field, the divider is one yard on top of the numbers. And then if you're on the far hash, so the ball is away from you, the divider is five yards on top of the numbers, which is roughly kind of a midpoint apex, you know, whatever you want to call it in between the top of the numbers and the hash. Um, I think like mathematically speaking, it's like four and two thirds yards or four and a third yards. It's pretty close. So um, just to kind of give them a general reference point, um, once they understand the five, one bottom rule. So I'm explaining to them that it's just an imaginary line running down the field um, we're using that to line up, right? If the receiver's inside the divider, I'm going to line up outside. If he's outside the divider, I'm going to line up inside. If he's on the divider, I'm going to line head up. Um, this applies to corners, you know, overhang stars, outside linebackers, whatever you want to call them. Um, the rule doesn't change. It's always five, one bottom for everybody. Um, once they understand, you know, that imaginary line, um, I'm talking to him about, okay, if the route's going inside, so like think post, think slant, uh, dig, you know, whatever it might be where it's going to be an inside breaking route. A lot of the times it's going to end up inside the divider. So I want to play the outside trail. Um, obviously that's not, you know, every single time, right. But just kind of general idea for the, for the kids. If it's an outside breaking route, I need to be inside and on top um, because I got to be, I got to cut them off vertically, right? I, we don't want to get beat deep. And then, you know, just like basketball, I need to be between him and the ball. Um, so like if it's uh, easiest one to kind of think about is like, if I'm a corner, okay, he's outside the divider or say he's even head up, right? Let's say he's head up. So he, he outside stems, so now he's outside the divider. I'm not expecting help. So I need to be inside and on top. If, you know, going back to the beginning, okay, he's on the divider, he inside stems. So probably post, you know, curl, whatever it might be inside breaking route. Again, just generally speaking, I want to get in the outside trail. Okay. So I want to be outside of him and, 
you know, on his back hip trying to undercut that route because I'm expecting help from the middle of the field player. So just uh, once the kids start understanding, okay, you know, do I get help or not, you know, then they should be able to know what leverage they need to play on the route. You know, are we, are we going to be able to, you know, quasi double it from the middle of the field player or, you know, the linebacker inside or whoever it might be, or, you know, are they outside and I have no help and I need to be inside on top of the go of the wheel, you know, um, all the outbreaking stuff. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. Um, knowing where your help is, is, you know, one of the most underrated talks about pieces of coverage is when, when coaches talk about talking to their players and helping them understand. And I think, you know, you, you need to tell guys, you need to teach guys where the help is because it will avoid the, I'm getting beaten on this route. So I'm going to overplay something and basically take over somebody else's job. And it, I think it builds trust. And, and I think that sometimes gets lost in stuff like one-on-ones that I've talked about before where you're playing outside trail. And I know this is more man-free, but you're talking about playing outside trail and man-free. You know, offense can easily throw a, you know, a lobbed-up post and explaining, hey, that's where your help is. And, and developing that trust early on I think is super important to making a good defense work together. So we're going to talk about the progression that Coach – teaches his kids and when he does it it starts in two backs and and it's based on some different flows and things and and you can use the same principles when you get to trips because it's basically the back is just lined up in a certain place and whatnot but just Mm -hmm. for the listeners the overall overarching theme what we're going to talk about just to kind of before we get into the specific coaching points of each coverage and everything is we're going to be talking about cover three and cover six. Cover three is a strong rotation. Cover six is being a weak rotation. And we will talk about three sky and three buzz. Three sky is with the deep safety rotating and being the outside piece of the defense. So you're normally you're curled a flat player. You're thinking the edge of the defense in that area. And buzz is buzzing in between the curl flat player and the inside linebacker. Um, also, in cover six, it's the same thing. We're going to say six sky with the weak safety, whatever you want to call them, the deep boundary side or weak side safety will be buzzing outside of everybody else. And six buzz, which is not used a whole lot, it's in certain circumstances, he will be buzzing in in between that edge player to the boundary or to the weak side and the other linebacker. Also with that, in all of those scenarios, three sky, three buzz, six guy, and six buzz is what we call skinny tag, which is really when you get into rip Liz. Now, for the purpose of this conversation, Coach, I'll let you answer this part. We're going to use certain position names so as to not confuse people. So I want to go over the different positions before we start talking. Now, Coach will also get into... He, when he teaches the coverage, he teaches basically X's on a chalkboard so every anybody can do any of these different things. But when we start getting into uh, position-specific issues, we want to have a common language. So, Coach, tell us how you're going to talk about um, each position and how it relates to each other. Okay, so, um, so just general position names. Um, I mean, I'll call the corners the corners. 
um, the outside linebacker to the passing strength, we'll call the star, um, the inside linebacker to the passing strength, we'll call, um, the money, the, uh, inside linebacker away. Okay. So like what most would call the will, um, we'll call them the Mac and then we'll have free safety to the passing strength and weak safety away from the passing strength. Okay. Awesome. So now that we've kind of set that up and laid it out for you again, we're going to have two different types of rotations, strong rotation, two different types of rotations with weak rotation and the skinny tag. So really, if you're taking a look at this and taking it piece by piece, you have a potential for eight different coverages. Do you need all of them? Maybe, maybe not. But coach is going to not only go through um, how he teaches it and everything, but towards the end, he's also going to talk about when he would like each one of these in his menu if you're able to carry them. And coach is going to teach you really an easy way to be able to carry all the things so you have those tools in your tool belt if you come across certain things. So coach, I'll let you take it away. Go ahead and start talking about where you would start with your kids. All right. So uh, just like uh, Coach Bass said, whenever I'm teaching all this stuff, it's X's on the board. So I have every DB in there. I have every inside, you know, outside linebacker, overhang, whatever. So anybody that could possibly be in the drop, um, defensive ends, you know, whenever we do like simulated or replacement pressures are going to be in there. Um, so everybody is learning, you know, how to play the strong hook, how to play the, you know, weak curl flat, whatever it might be. And then we're, you know, plug and play. So it's, we're putting the puzzle together. It's just putting the pieces together in different ways. Um, so when I'm, ex like I said, when I'm explaining to it, it's okay. Strong flat does this, you know, strong curl does this. Okay. Um, when I first start talking about trips. Okay. So, um, coach Vass kind of alluded to it already. So I'll draw two back on the board. Okay. And then I'll take, I'll draw like strong flow. Okay. So that's both backs going to the passing strength. Um, I'll ask the kids, okay, strong flow. What do we do to the coverage? They should say flood it, which means we're going to push everybody one zone over in that direction. So strong curl flats going to the flat strong, you know, hooks going to the strong curl, we cook to the strong hook, um, front side corner or, you know, the front side, um, outside third players, midpoint, the backside corner or backside outside third player is straight man to man. Um, you know, the weak curl flat is in the weak hook. Okay. So, you know, the kids should already know how to flood the coverage versus strong flow and weak flow. Um, so once, you know, they've answered that question, so I'll erase the fullback and then I'll draw them out, you know, by to the pro set or the twin set. Right. So instead of it just being a tight end and a receiver or twins, you know, now it's three wide receivers or, you know, two wide receivers and a tight end. So I just move the fullback, um, pre-snap and say, okay, guys, um, Instead of them going this direction post-snap, pre-snap, they just move them over there, you know, motion, or they just even align them over there, right? They made it easy for us. Okay, what do we think we need to do? The kids should say, well, we should probably flood the coverage that way because that's where all the guys are. Say, yes, bingo, that's what we need to do. 
So at that point, they're starting to pick up on, okay, everything that we've been doing for, you know, two weeks is starting to get applied to all these other formations, um, which is going back to like what I said in the beginning, everything is just a derivative of, uh, of two back stuff of all the different flows. Okay. So once they get that, I'll start explaining the rules again. Um, I'm going to go more in depth you know, on explaining rules just because, um, when I'm explaining it to the kids, right? Like they should already know how to do all this stuff because we've been doing it against two back strong flow and weak flow, you know, the last two weeks or whatever, or a week or whatever it's been. Right. Right. So a lot of the times when I'm explaining it to the kids, it's, Hey, what do you do against strong flow coach? I midpoint. Okay, good. You do the exact same thing in this coverage. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about, you know, the, the specific rules more, but the kids should already really know how to do all this anyways, because we would have been doing it against two back, like I said, for two weeks. Okay. So, um, we'll talk DB wise real quick. Um, so the backside, you know, outside third player, who's probably going to be the corner, um, to the single side, we're just playing straight man to man with him. Um, we'll inch out, you know, you could play true bump if you wanted to, right? He's using the same divider rules that we talked about before, 5-1 bottom. Um, he's got that X receiver or whatever you want to call him, right? Straight man-to-man, man everywhere he goes. Um, you know, he's got him, right? Um, the front side corner, okay, so we're flooding the coverage that way. So he's going to be a midpoint player. So uh, some people call it depth and divide. Um, you know, you're getting depth and dividing the one and two. Um, we just say midpoint because you're midpointing, you know, one and two. Right. So it's a two to one. It's a two to one read. Um, if two's in the same, right, he's vertical. We're going to midpoint. Um, really, it's more of a 60-40, like shading to the number two. Um, because we're trying, you know, if they're going to throw the seam, to number two, we need to be able to try to make a play on it. Um, we're playing them with divider leverage. So we're probably going to be, you know, outside trail and number two, a good chunk of the time. If they got, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, that can throw it over the top of our corner to the number one wide receiver on the vertical. We're going to like baseball turnout with our head, you know, we're kind of roll our head over and go play through his hands. Um, which, you know, is going back to the whole mentality of cover three, you know, the farthest possible throw, hopefully it's the shortest, right? Hopefully it's to the flat, but the farthest possible throw that they have to make. Um, back to the outside third player. So if two is not in the seam, right, he's in or out, my eyes are going back to one. Um, if he's out, it's a pretty easy eye transition, right, because my eyes are naturally going to go to him anyways. Um, and then I'm looking to just play mod, or man on deep is what we call it on, uh, the number one wide receiver. Um, so, you know, if he's running a post, um, you know, a go, whatever it might be, um, we got him man to man playing with divider leverage. Um, if two is short and one is also short, then we'll stay on our midpoint path. And then we're most likely going to get the uh, corner route from number three. Um, and we want to be underneath that, just like how we talked about 
with the overhang versus two by two versus, uh, you know, the sale concept flood and all that stuff. So, uh, quick recap, if two's vertical, we midpoint, if two is short, I'm playing mod on one. Okay. And then if two short and one is also short, I stay on my midpoint path, you know, looking for the corner from three or any double move from one or two. Okay. Right. Um, the middle of the field player. Okay. So we're dead on in the middle of the field, you know, right on the goalpost. Um, I could see there being some validity to, you know, moving to an upright based on hash. Um, we don't do that. I just say you are in the middle of the field, play the middle of the field. Um, obviously, you know, condensed formations, right. If I'm getting, uh, you know, think double tight, double wing or single wing, you know, um, weird doubles, right. Splits or bunch or something that's super tight. Well, obviously we could end up outside of everything, you know, that would change it where we would not be in the middle of the field. We would play more so to the formation, but, uh, very rare that we're not going to be, you know, dead on in the middle of the field. Right. Right. Um, his rule is, you know, we're roughly 14, 15 yards of the snap. Um, so he could be disguising too high at 10 to 12, right. And then sprinting to the middle of the field. Okay. Um, he might just straight up line up there. Right. Um, end of the day, right. We're 14, 15 yards at the snap. Okay. We're pedaling back to at least 20. We're visioning the quarterback melt to the first look break on the second. Um, by melt, I mean angle pedal. So I still want to try to be square so I can break, um, you know, more of that like kick slide type pedal. Um, on a second look, that's where we're going to break, you know, whether it be downfield or, you know, we need to turn out high and stay over the top. You know, we're reading quarterback intention based off shoulder. Um, you know, is it up? Is it down? Right. Where's he looking? Um, if for some reason we ever got fooled, so like he looked one, two, three, um, it's going to be rare that he would even have that kind of time. If we break on the second one, right, and it's a pump fake and he's still got time to look back a third direction, we'll turn out like a center fielder and get back to the middle of the field um, and do our best to try to play everything top down. So he wants to be top down on everything um, best that he possibly can. Um, if it's not a very fast kid, then I have no problem backing him up. If he's not top down, then he's not going to be able to to provide the help to everybody um, when they're playing their divider rules and their divider leverage. That's a great description, Coach. You're really painting a picture for the audience and for myself, and I'm easily able to pick up on what you're saying. And I've, I've heard you're a great teacher, but you, you can see right now just with your explanations and how you're able to paint that picture, I, I can totally see how your kids are so well coached up. So now take the listeners and myself through the underneath coverages. You mentioned earlier X's on the board. Um, these are the generic techniques, and we are talking now. We're talking in a in a flooded uh, a flooded zone, not the skinny tag yet. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So so even though everybody wants to know, okay, how do you play Ripple? Is that a cover three? What do you do? What do you do? You have to start here in the flooded 
zone because if you start with the skinny stuff and then you go to the flooded zone, I don't think it flows as naturally. I don't know if you agree with me on that or not. I totally agree with that. And I really think that you need both. I, I think you need to be able to play it like zone and like Ripley's match. Right. And we'll get into some of that. But, it, and if you think, if you disagree with coach, cause I know there's some people that may only know pizza and be like, well, I don't believe that try defending a fast four out of skinny and then come back and talk to us. <laughs> oh, so yeah, anyway, it's brutal. It's, it's the misery incorporated. So let's go to the underneath choppers. Go ahead and take it away. Okay, so with the uh, underneath guys, um, you know, like we talked about before, um, we've pushed everybody one zone over. So the strong curl flat players push to the flat, the strong hook to the strong curl, weak hook to the strong hook, and then the weak curl flat to the weak hook. So I'll just start strong and go to weak. Um, the strong flat player, so we're lined up divider leverage on number two. Um, we're probably about five by one divider leverage. Um, we're just like pedaling back at a uh, kind of roughly 45 degree angle at about 10 to 12 yards. Um, we want to be at that point where we're splitting the deep out and the, and the arrow, the quick out on like a flood concept. Um, so, which is one of the reasons I like to play it like straight zone as well and not like match is a flood. But, uh, again, just about five yards off, um, divider leverage, you know, one yard, just pedaling back into the flat, um, at about 45 degree angles, 45 degree angle. Um, I'm looking to relate to the final number one in the flat. Okay. Um, so that could be, you know, the running back is a fast four, like you talked about, he's going to end up being the flat player. Um, it could be the number one right on a hitch. It could be, you know, two or three on the out, um, any kind of wheel from two or three or whoever, uh, we're running with the wheel. Okay. And we're playing it with divider leverage, probably inside and on top. Um, you know, just like everything from before, um, something that the underneath guys really have to understand is strong flow and split flow from, um, from trips. Um, I know some people call it load flow where, which is the same as strong flow where you'll get, you know, the back strong. And then if the back goes weak, it's split flow. Um, we call it strong and split, you know, you could call it load and split or whatever you want. Um, but strong to us is the back, you know, fast four to trips or even blocks, right? Split flow would be a fast, I guess you could say two weak, like immediately swinging out to the flat. If he blocks, generally speaking, um, we'll play it like strong flow and we'll pass stuff back if he's blocking. Um, if it's a team that I know is going to check release, right, then we might play it like split flow. But a lot of the time, you know, we'll see six-man protections where even if the back is weak and blocks, like he stays in so we could pass back crossers. Um, obviously, game plan could change that, like I said. So dealing with stronger split flow, um, the flat player, the final one player, same thing. Um, if we get split flow, okay, 
then I would have to take the original number one all the way through back across the field to the opposite flat. So reason being is that the four player, which we'll eventually get to, he's obviously going to be occupied by, um, by that fast two week, right? Where he's going to the single side. He has a guy. So then we can't pass back crossers. We have to take them through. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Can you, can you go a little bit more into that if, if, if possible? Yeah. So, um, kind of generally with the number, the four to first crosser player, um, you know, we'll talk about him in in a little bit. If the back goes fast weak, so, you know, swing or wheel out of the backfield, whatever, whoever the four player is, is he's going to take him, you know, he's got him, he's to the man to man side, right? The corner is already man to man on the, on the X receiver. So we can't pass it off to the corner or anything. The four player has that running back. Okay. So then if we say they run, you know, tailback wheel, well, the four players out of the flat now, right? He's running with the Mm -hmm. wheel. And then if they have, you know, a shallow crosser coming back from the trip side, into the weak flat. Well, we don't have anybody there now. So we need to be able, we need to be taking those receivers back through to the flat because of the four player already has somebody. Right. Um, if, if the back blocks, right. So I don't care if he's strong or weak, he blocks. And this is obviously game plan could change. Is he going to check release or not? Right. That could change things. But generally speaking, if he if he blocks, then we could pass the shallow back to the four player. Okay, mm-hmm. and this this in this is any receiver. This is one, two, or three. Okay, so this same idea is going to get applied to the final one, final two, and final three player. Okay, um, and then obviously if if the back is fast, strong, then we could definitely pass any crossers back to the four player because he. He definitely doesn't have anybody at that point. So reviewing, you know, with the, with the final one player, um, imagine split flow. So the back is going weak, you know, fast out of the backfield. The original number one is running like a shallow mesh route, you know, um, drive route, whatever you might call it back to the weak side. I is the flat player the original one player, same thing. I have to run with him and take him man to man back through to the opposite flat because it's split flow. If it was strong flow, then I could pass it back off to the four to first crosser player. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I think I wanted to emphasize this point and magnify it because this is a huge part of coverage that I think it's overlooked and it's not talked about as much and is very important. You have to know when you can pass stuff back and when you can't, and you have to figure out a way to teach that. One of the things that we do, it's a little different, but um, we're talking about the next guy inside, but in our split safety, and again, this is just an example to show you what I'm talking about. This is not the same thing. I just want to make sure that it's very clear. We have a certain thing where, the, the, the guy who's walked out of the box between three and the end man, um, 
there's times when he can pass things back to the backer in the box and there's not. One of the things that we do is if there's four strong, we say, okay. And it's really the same kind of concept. It's just, we have three underneath guys instead of four. If the back is weak, one of the things that we say is we say white, white, white. And when we say white, 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 we like to use colors. The guy that's working off of the back is saying, I have the back. It's, it's a, it's a split flow. I have the back. You have to take something back. If it comes to you, you're basically a short wall. You're walling anything short, and you're running with it man-to-man if it tries to cross your face. If we have a four-strong load or strong flow, we will say we'll still say white, 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 because I still got that guy if he blocks, but hey, alert, push, alert, push. And then if four goes fast, we will say post-snap, push, 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 and now they'll pass it back to the guy who's still in the box. Again, different coverage, same concept. Figure out some sort of way to communicate that, the guys to communicate that to each other based on the flow. So uh, the next guy is going to be the strong curl player. So he would have originally been the strong hook player that has got pushed to the strong curl. Um, He's going to be the final two player, right? He's relating to whoever the final number two is. Um, Thank one on the dig, uh, one on a curl, um, could be two, you know, on a hitch, say it's all hitches. Right. Uh Right. Um, if, if it's, if it's spacing with one and two slant and three out, you know, it ends up being, you know, one on the slant. Right. So whoever, whoever the final number two is after the pattern distribution, um, that's, that's who we're looking to relate to. Um, uh, we're pushing to, you know, we're dropping to again, about 10 to 12 yards, you know, in that strong curl zone. Um, if it's flood, we're trying to get to that near hip of, uh, of the deep out, um, and trying to make the quarterback make that perfect throw you know, in front of the final two player on the, on the, on the backside hit and uh, almost in, you know, kind of in front of also the flat player that's pedaling back underneath it and, you know, really trying to force them to throw that arrow quick out route. Um, You know, if they're all vertical, okay. Then I'm thinking like dagger concept from the number one, right. I'm looking for one on the dig, which I think is, you know, another good reason to, to play it like zone and not like match is the dagger concept. Um, you know, curl wheel, I'm looking to, I'm looking to play the curl, um, from the number one. Um, if, you know, same rules apply to the final two player as the final one player of, you know, if it's strong flow or the back blocks, then we can pass back the number two on the crosser or Mm -hmm. we can pass back the number two on that shallow cross route to the four to first crosser player. Um, if it's split flow, then we have to take the original number two back through to the flat. So, um, so like we, you know, we've been repping the crap out of this, of, um, the backs, you know, the, the running back on a wheel out of the backfield weak and then drive strong. 
So three on the three on 10 to 12 yard dig. And then uh, the number two on the shallow route and then having that final two player run, run back across the field with, uh, with that shallow drive route, you know, from the number two wide receiver. Um, it's, it's the exact same idea, right. As the number one player, the final number one player had, um, we're playing man to man on that backside. So, you know, we can't pass anything back off to the man to man side because mm-hmm. it's man to man, right. They already have a guy. Um, if the four to first player is occupied, like I said, um, the reason that we don't, you know, kind of two, three exchange it and have the three player take it back is because of drive. Um, the, uh, the two player just doesn't have leverage on the dig from three. Um, our younger kids mess that up a lot as they'll try to, they'll try to pass it off between the two and the three player. And it's great for the three player, right? Because of the shallows running right to him, and, and the two players like, Oh, this was easy. And then they bang the dig in and it's a 12 yard completion. And I'm, I'm pretty, pretty heated. Right. (laughs) So, so, uh, that's why we don't want to have two and three, you know, try to try to switch on who's taking the under through, right? If, if two's on the under the, the final two player has to take it through. If one is on the under the final one player has to take it through and, Obviously, the three player, like we're about to talk about, if three's on the under, then the final three player has to take it through back to the flat. And that's all assuming it's split flow, right? The back is fast out weak. Okay. If he blocks or he goes strong, we can pass it back. Um, you got any questions on on the two player, the final two player? Well, so well, so you said in something interesting that I want to clarify and make sure I understand this right. You said if one is inside, the final one player has to take it back, and if two is inside, the final two player has to take it back, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So if one runs a shallow, so let's say let's just say we're getting one on a shallow, two on a seam, three on a seam. Not a super popular route, but just trying to illustrate a point. Whoever's mm-hmm. playing. The, the edge of the defense. So let's say a lot of the times it's the star. Let's just use, let's say we're weak rotating. And so the star is the edge of the defense. You're saying that the yep. star is going to take that shallow right back inside and not keep passing it back. Correct. 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 Um, I think that's where um, it can kind of get confusing for some people that are trying to learn this is because, you know, everything we're talking about is okay. You're relating to the final one, the final two, the final three, right? Mm-hmm. except, you know, except when it's split flow and then we're getting a shallow back from the strong side to the weak side. Well, now it's the original one, the original two, the original three, um, having to take that guy back through. Okay. So I know that can kind of get confusing, you know, um, because like I said, it's final one, whatever. And now we're talking original one. Um, reason, reason B is, Mainly, um, like, uh, like the three player. So imagine four verticals, right? Um, three's running the bender. Okay. Well, if the final three player isn't taking him up and back, then nobody's on him. Right. Right. And if we try, if we try to pass it back to the three player, well, now the two or the one player does not have leverage 
on that bender route. Like there's just mm-hmm. no way, you know, so that's, that we're talking now a 12 to 15 yard completion before the middle yeah. of the field player can get there. So that's, that's, that probably is one of the more complicated things. It's uh, our young kids especially struggle with it. I mean, the mm-hmm. older kids have been doing it, so they just know, you know, right. they've been, you know, they, they just understand these are the rules and this is what I do. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's one of the big reasons for that. Right. And, and I could see, you know, being a, a, a first and foremost, a split safety guy, I can see where split safety guys would really struggle with that because when you're playing split safety coverage, for the most part, unless you're in some sort of man match cover two where the, the overhangs are carrying verticals all the way down the field. Um, a lot of times though, those underneath guys are not responsible for going vertical unless it's like a quarters and it's the back or something like that. So it's easier to do that. It's easier to come off of stuff. Even if you have one less guy, I would say it's easier to switch those underneath routes and a quarters concept where you only have three guys underneath because you're saying, unless it's bracket, and I'm not talking about the, the man match versions where like in bracket and switch where those guys are carrying the verticals everywhere you want or everywhere they're going. Um, it's e- it's easier to pass off those underneath routes with one less guy because none of those guys are responsible for carrying verticals all the way down the field where at where you'd need that leverage whereas what you're saying in the weak hook defender is taking three up i mean if he's responsible for three and two runs a shallow there's no way the guy on two is going to be able to work back inside of three and and right. and, and go there so yeah yeah our our uh starting quarterback just hammers the dig and the bender in versus the young pups in practice when they screw it up. That's a good, it's a good uh, teaching, teaching lesson. So we've talked about the final one player and the final two player. What about the final three player? Okay. So the final three player, um, you know, he was originally the weak hook. He's getting pushed to the strong hook again, because we're flooding the coverage, pushing everybody one zone over. So um, the final three player is relating to the final number three after the pattern distribution, you know, at roughly 10 to 12 yards. So, you know, again, same general idea is the final one, the final two guy. Um, You know, if, if it's all hitches, right, then I'm sitting on top of the number three on the hitch. If it's spacing, Right. Then I'm looking for, which again is one and two on the slant, three on the quick out. I'm going to end up taking number two on the slant. He ends up as number three. Um, The same idea is getting applied to him on split flow. Right. So back is weak. He's fast out weak. The four players obviously occupied at that point. If three is on the under shallow route, drive route, mesh route, you know, again, whatever you call it, he has to take the original number three through, you know, back to that flat um, because we can't pass it back. Right. If again, if the back blocked or it was a fast four, then we could pass back three on the under to the four player because three on the under is becoming, you know, the final four player, um, and he's looking for the crosser anyways. Right. Um, so it's those same rules right. getting applied. Um, 
the three player. Um, he does have a vertical responsibility. Uh, the two player never has any vertical responsibility. The one player, you know, really is only going to have a vertical responsibility against like a wheel. Right. But he, you know, we're not carrying the vertical of number two in any of this stuff. Right. We'll talk about that, you know, in a little bit, but so one and two have not had any vertical responsibility. Three does. So, you know, you, a lot of people have probably seen the, the three up is three rule. Um, right. We, which is we super don't, confusing to some people. Yeah. So um, the three up is three rule is just saying, you know, three going up the field, like vertically, you know, is the final number three. So that's who you are going to relate to. Um, we don't say three up is three. Uh, we say take three up and back. Um, so that's the, you know, that's the bender route out of four verticals, you know, the dig, right. He's going, he's pushing up the field vertically and then he starts to go back, you know, to the man to man side, right. He's trying to cross your face to go back behind you. So we say, you know, you're relating to the final three and the strong hook, take three up and back. And that's, that is the fine, or that's the, usually, I should say, it's usually the original number three, you know, on the bender route. Um, I, I can't think of a situation where we've ever played anybody that um, have, you know, switched two and three, you know, I guess from a stack, if they stack two and three, it's definitely possible. Right. Um, I, I don't think I've ever, we've ever seen anything that crazy, but it's, you know, the same idea, right? Whoever ends up being three, if they're going up and back behind you, that's, you got to take a man to man. Um, ideally, we want to make them run over the top of us, okay? Because then we're between the ball and them. Um, we're underneath the route. The free, the middle of the field player is over the top of the route, right? Um, so in a sense, I do want to get beat, right? I, I don't want him to cut underneath me because that's a completion, right? If, if I can make him go over the top of me, then it's going to take one hell of a pass to get over you and in front of the middle of the field player. Um, you got any other questions on, on the three player? No, just more of an observation. I think people don't realize how tough that technique is to execute. And I was in a clinic a few years ago with Jerry Azanar, who's now the defensive coordinator at UCLA. And he was talking about this, and he's like, that's why Bobby Wagner makes $9 million in reference to the three up is three technique. Um, it's a lot harder than you think because that's the weakness. That's where people are going to hit it to be able to be flat-footed, kind of moving that way, but not at a dead sprint. And you have somebody coming across at you and to be able to roll underneath it or however you, or however you play it and really run with that route and be the primary player. Obviously you've helped with the top, but you're working on that guy and it, it's tough. It's, it's, it's not an easy technique. And I think people underestimate how difficult it is and how important it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Trying to, uh, distinguish between that and, um, you know, him running a, a hitch, it can be very difficult, right? Do, do I need to bust my butt out to the strong hook to be able to, 
play the hitch, right? Or, you know, is he hauling to run the bender route and then I need to, you know, get on my horse, right? So, yeah, it, right. it, it can be difficult. Um, yeah. So we've talked final one, final two, final th- uh, final three. There's only one thing left, and that's the four-player. Yeah, so last guy, the uh, four-to-first crosser, he was the weak curl flat player, right? We flooded the coverage. He's in the weak hook. So the four-to-first crosser player, um, you know, if we get the back fast weak, right, That that's four. That's the final number four you know, counting outside in from passing strength week. Um, we're taking, you know, we got him man to man. Um, we don't necessarily drive on it. Right. Cause we're playing zone um, in general. Right. Technically we're playing man to man on that single side. Right. But um, we'll, we'll treat it as in the no cover zone. Right. And we'll stay in that um, expanding out, you know, with it, trying to play it top down best that we can in case it is a wheel, right? We, if we drive on it and then he runs the wheel, then my kid's going to have to be a hellacious athlete to be able to, you know, flip around and run with the wheel when he's driven on the route to begin with. So, yeah, that's rough. Um, yeah. So that, that's why we still try to play it from depth. Um, if, uh, if the back blocks, Right. Then I'm thinking I got the back on a late, you know, check down. Um, if, if, uh, back blocks and I'm getting a crosser, you know, from the trip side, then I'm taking the crosser through to the flat. Um, at that point, right. The one, two or three player had probably squeezed back. Okay. Um, with that under route, you know, yes, we know that we can pass it off but we need to squeeze back to, you know, somebody's got to be able to play the check down of the running back. You know what I mean? So easiest kind of example would be say back blocks, you know, threes on the under. Well, the three player, yes, I can pass it off. Right. But the four players taking the crosser, nobody's really on the back. I need to be kind of squeezing back, you know, to the hole looking for the back coming out late. It's the same idea as, uh, you know, in Ripley's two by two when, you know, two's on the shallow route and that overhang is squeezing back inside looking to play the check down to the running back. It's, it's the same idea. Got it. Um, and then if, uh, you know, fast four, right, it, it's pretty easy for me. My eyes are going that way already, looking for a crosser coming back from the trip side. Um, generally speaking, uh, we're not ever looking at the single side X, right? Like we're not worried about helping the corner. Um, we're not getting under it late, you know, or anything like that, right? We're we're playing true man to man with him. So um, I think that's kind of another thing where people get confused on that is, um, you know, we have flooded the coverage strong and pushed everybody that way. Uh, he's not looking to get under the the single side receiver anymore, like you know a traditional, you know cover three look. Right now, I'm going to take us off track a little bit, like I'm known to do. But what you've described so far is that you're saying basically, 
for lack of a better term, you're playing basically a box one defense. You are playing man on the X, and everybody else is in a zone. Some people are in a more true zone. Some people have vertical carries and things. And 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 you may answer this later. And if you're going to answer it later, you can say we'll talk about that later. No problem. But what do you do if if the other team has a a great X receiver and you're not sure you can win that one-on-one matchup all the time? Is there anything that you can do in cover three to help you cover three, cover six? And I'm speaking three deep zone generically. Or is it okay? We got to play another coverage. So um, if I needed help on that single side X receiver and I wanted to live, you know, in the one high world still, right. Um, then I'm probably going to play some sort of like drop eight type type deal where, you know, I'm only rushing three and I'm going to play like press man to man on that guy. And then I'm going to have a guy over the top. Right. Right. Um, if, if I still wanted a four man rush, um, I'm going to take, you know, it's, it's very, it's a lot easier to do out of man free and just not have a rat, right. And play it almost like you're rushing five, except the fifth guy is, you know, man to man on the X receiver. And then, you know, you have somebody over the top or, you know, you're playing like a, like a cone, like in and out bracket on him. Um, if you're trying to stay in the one high world um, and you need help on the X, um, I, I mean, if you have two high answers, right. And that's, to me, that's the best reason to run too high is the corners need help in doubles or, you know, even trips or whatever it might be, or um, you can't handle the backside X one-on-one and you know the corner needs help again so that's that's when i would like too high stuff is if i could not handle the backside x one-on-one gotcha so is there anything else we need to know about the four to first crosser player um i mean he's playing everything from depth still you know like zone roughly 10 to 12 yards whether that is you know the back blocking and coming out late or you know the fast the fast two week, I guess you could say, um, you know, any crosser coming back to him, he's taking it man to man. Right. So we're probably going to end up driving on that route so we can get to it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, we, you know, we got to take that guy through to the flat, any crosser from the trip side. Okay. So now that we've talked about the underneath defenders and the deep defenders, before we get into the specific coverages and how they play out, Let's talk about the infamous skinny tag. Skinny is a newer concept of the past couple of years. We say about three, four, five years that we've started seeing it. Yeah. And and it, and it fits in. This is where the rip list part fits in. And if you need this sort of thing. So let's talk about that skinny tag. Tell the listeners what, what skinny means. What's the concept behind it? So skinny or, you know, whatever word you have for it in general. Um, that's, you know, that's just the word we use and the saving guys and them use, um, skinny is telling the corner and the star player most likely. Right. So whoever that, you know, outside third player is and that flat player, which most of the time is going to be the corner and the star, you know, outside linebacker, whatever you call him to, uh, play Ripley's match rules 
right? So we're not going to play it like zone. We're going to play it more like, you know, two by two match where we're running with verticals man to man. So this, the skinny tag tells the corner, um, you know, I'm playing mod on one. Okay. If he's deep, I got a man to man. Um, like I talked about in, uh, the last podcast, um, we're probably going to bail if we're playing it like mod and we're going to count steps in our head to determine if they're vertical or not. Usually 10 is the rough breaking point to declare if he's vertical or um, not because we've had problems with younger kids not being able to distinguish between the hitch or the curl um, because they, it's hard to tell depth, right? Um, we're making smash calls you know, on the hitch. We're making under calls on the shallow or the slant snag route, whatever it might be. Right. So we're playing it just like we talked about in the Ripley's match podcast. Um, the flat player who, again, is most likely that star outside linebacker is playing his two in the same rules. So if two's in the same, I'm thinking I'm taking it man to man. Right. If I get a smash call from the number one, I'm going to go hunt the hunt the one, hunt the high hip of the one. Um, if I'm getting an under call. I'm going to squeeze it back, right? I'm going to come off the vertical of two, let the corner take it and squeeze it back. Um, we still need to be aware of fast threes. So uh, when I'm talking to the kids about this, I'm saying, okay, they just took three and put them out as a receiver instead of him being in the backfield, right? So, you know, now I'm worried about the receiver, being the three. Um, I also need to look for the number four if he's to my side. So it's really a fast three or a fast four. Um, I need to be aware of, um, that's going to tell me that I need to come off the vertical of two and play it like zone, you know, like we, like we just talked about, you know, everything before I need to start pedaling back into the flat. Um, so same ideas, all that original, you know, Ripley's match two by two podcast we did, you know, say two's vertical or sorry. Yeah. Two's in the seam. He's vertical. I get a fast three like flood and I need to sail and split the zone. So it's, it's the exact same stuff, right? Um, two's in the seam. I get a fast four. Okay. I need to, I need to sail and split the zone, um, and end up in the flat, right? Um, so essentially I'm going from playing it like match to area, which is just our word for playing it like zone, right? Playing curl flat drops and midpoint drops post snap based on what do three do, what's three doing and what's four doing. Um, do you have questions on the, uh, the corner of the star playing skinny tag? Well, my my question falls more under the footwork aspect. Um, I know in the the skate where you're flooding the coverage, the star is more likely, or whomever is that guy. Sometimes if it's different coverages, it could be the deep safety dropping down. Obviously, if you're coming top down, it's going to be a little different. But if you're starting short and your skate coverage, are you opening up and exiting at a 45-degree angle usually? Yeah, so in skate, when we're playing it, you know, regular skate or, you know, regular Mabel or buzz Mabel or whatever. And we're playing it like area front side. 
the corner is midpointing and the star is pedaling back at the 45. If we're playing, you know, the skinny tag, which can be used in skate or buzz Mabel or Mabel or whatever, right. Then we're using the same footwork um, that we talked about in the, in the match podcast of, you know, the corners bailing, you know, roughly at the snap, ideally um, looking to, you know, I need to see if three's fast or not as well, because then I'm going to have to midpoint. Um, um, I'm counting steps in my head, you know, like I just talked about the, uh, the overhang, the star is shuffling back, counting steps in his head. Usually three is that, you know, general estimate of declaring if two is in the seam or not. Um, it's, it's all that same stuff as before. Um, and like I said before, we're, we count steps so we can help tempo the route and dictate, you know, is this guy in the seam? Is this guy deep? Right. Um, so that's why we count steps, but the corner and the star, um, ideally, you know, totally perfect world. They both really need to see what three and four are doing because if either one is fast, then we need to play it like area, but post-snap instead of pre-snap like we normally do. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's, we'll continue on that, and then I'll ask my follow-up question. Okay. Um, the kind of the last thing that you have to teach um, is with that is with the final number two player. So whoever that strong curl player is, um, is if three is in the down. Okay. So I'm talking, so three is a receiver now, right? If three is in the down, okay. He has to take him through to the flat. Okay. Because the corner and the star, you know, they're not expecting to come off anymore. Right. They saw three as vertical, Okay, he's not fast, so I'm not worried about playing it like area anymore. We're 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 gonna go ahead and play it like match. So now boom, two's in the seam, I got him. Boom, one is deep, I got him. I'm not coming off, you know, to play three on the five yard out anymore, or the ten yard out, or whatever it might be. So the final two player has to take the original number three through to the flat when he is in the down and by in the down, I mean, you know, anything that is not him running immediately out to the flat, right. Him immediately out fast to the flat on, on an arrow or, you know, two step out or whatever it might be. So if it's five yard out or, you know, 10 or whatever, or it's the stick route and then he works back out, right. Like he is in the down at that point. And we don't have anybody in the flat anymore, right? The star in the corner are running with one and two vertical. They're not going to come off that late. The two player has to take him through to the flat. Yeah. And so I'm picturing, uh, for those of you who are split safety team, like myself, I'm picturing the difference in palms where, you know, some guys that play palms or two read where the corner's going to come off in the bubble right now or the arrow right now. 
but some guys have a rule where if it's not right now, no arrow, no bubble, you snap your eyes to your man and you play him man to man. And so it fits differently. Is that, you know, you know what I'm saying? Is that kind of a good way to think of it? Okay. Now let me ask you this and I may be overthinking this on the skinny tags because the star is presuming that he's got to take two vertical because really whenever you're taking somebody man to man, you have to almost think top down like, okay, I'm expecting to take this man to man and then, Oh, if something else happens, I'm going to come off. I personally don't think at the high school level that you can say, all right, I'm hanging out here. Oh, no, never mind. I got to go take this guy man to man. So, and I don't know if I, I, I'm sure you agree with me on that. That doesn't seem to be a a controversial point, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but what happens when the, so you're more square, you're kind of kicking back, you're moving backwards, you're having to move straight back instead of exiting at a 45 and doing all this stuff. Do you think it's harder? Well, I guess it could be easier because you're square, but do you think it's harder to drive back on that one coming back inside? Um, like one on the under? Like one yeah, on the shallow like a route? Shallow, quick, you know, five yard in, three yard, like a quick, you know, in, slant, drag, shallow, whatever, where he's got to go take that final one, or the, I'm sorry, the original oh, one. Because like, he's short on a, on a smash short, or an under call. Yes, and because you're working backwards and you're thinking, I got the vertical, I got the vertical, is it harder to get out there, whereas in the skate where you're already opened up, it's easy to get back out there? I got you. I got you. Yeah, so so this is getting into, you know, what am I expecting that they're going to run, right? So if I if I'm expecting them to run a four verticals, you know, type concept, right, um, you know, what, if one's on the, on the dig or whatever, right. Whatever it might be, right. It's some sort of four vertical type concept. Then I want to play, you know, it with a skinny tag because then we've carried all the verticals and we're not trying to midpoint one and two. Okay. Right. Um, if, if I'm getting flood, if I'm getting smash, if I'm getting snag, right. I'm getting something or really anything where everybody is not going deep, then I want to play it like area. I want to play it like normal skate, normal Mabel, normal three, you know, normal buzz Mabel, whatever it might be. Right. Because I'm always going to be late on that hitch route, that five yard in, you know, that shallow cross, right. When I'm playing it like match, so it's, it's the same idea of in the cover seven world of, do I want to play stubby or stump? Well, in stump, I'm always going to be late on the hitch route, right? I'm always going to be late on the five yard end. You know what, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's that same idea. Right. Of, well, and that's where I'm coming from. That's what I'm thinking about because for example, yeah. when we played a special TCU special Bama stubby Venables lock, you know, we don't have that issue because the corner's pressed. He's not coming off. Right. He's staying yeah. on one everywhere. But we put exactly. in the, the coverage stump last year where now all it is is stubby, special, whatever, with a china call. So the corner's bailing. And if one is short, hitch, slant, shallow, that star has to come off on it. And we're we're worse He's than always, the Bama yeah. guys. They're square and they're shuffling back. Our back is to the sideline. Yeah, that's super tough. 
we used to do it like that. I even think it's on the cover seven video that Carl Scott did where, you know, they show that coverage versus smashing Minka Fitzpatrick, like speed turns and drives it and almost picks it off. And I'm uh-huh. like, all right, you know, yeah, like I don't got that guy. So I don't have to worry about yeah. that. So that's game plan wise. That's what I'm thinking. And you know why I said in the beginning, I really think you need to be able to play it like both. You need to be able to play it like area and you need to be able to play it like match because you want to be able to match different concepts, you know, different ways because one way is not always the best way to match different, you know, whatever the passing concept might be. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Okay. Now that we've taught the pieces of the puzzle individually, We've talked about the skinny tag. We've talked about how you teach the field, the zones, the dividers, all that stuff. Let's start putting it together. So we're actually going to start with a weak rotation. I think now in 2019, against spread sets, most people are rotating weak more than they are strong. If you're playing with a nickel, you're basically already rotated. That guy's quote-unquote rotated. He's out there. And so um, that's at least how I view it. You might think I'm wrong, but so now we're talking about bringing that guy weak. We're bringing that that weak safety into the boundary down, and we're going to talk about first. We're going to talk about six sky, which a lot of people don't call it that, but we're we're putting it in there for teaching purposes. So our rotating weak, the weak safety is the edge of the defense. He's going to be the four to first crosser. So coach, take us through how you would fit that together. Yeah. So if we're playing six. Um, sky so that's going to be you know the main way that we play six and probably how most people play it in general Um, you know we're rotating weak the free safety is spinning to the middle of the field the weak safety is dropping down to that weak hook right he was the curl flat player but we flooded the coverage so now he's in the weak hook um the star is the flat player. The money is the two player. The Mac is the three player. The weak safety is the four to first crosser player. Um, we can still do, you know, this with the skinny tag, right? So this, the skinny tag really isn't affecting the three or the four player or the middle of the field player at all, right? It's, it's just, in this case, the corner, the star, and then the money because he is the final two player. And he would have to take, you know, three through to the flat when he's in the down running out, right? So, you know, the, the tag skinny is can be played with all of this stuff. It's just telling that front side corner star and Mac, you know, hey, the rules are slightly different. We're playing it like match and not area. But for the three and the four player, that that really doesn't matter to them. Right. Okay, let's talk about six buzz now. Okay, so six buzz, you know, all the responsibilities are, you know, taught exactly the same, you know, like we just said before. And like you said, buzz is just telling, you know, the weak safety to, or whoever it is, right, whoever we're rotating to fit, you know, inside of the linebacker, right? So six, we're rotating weak. Buzz, we're playing backer support, okay? So the safety is fitting inside 
of that Mac linebacker or, you know, what most people are probably calling the will. So now the will is the four to first crosser player. And that weak safety is the final three player, you know, looking to take three up and back and all those exact same rules that we talked about before. So um, six rotating weak, right? Sky, the safety's the four to first. The Mac is the final three. Six buzz, still rotating weak. It's backer force, right? So the Mac backer, or probably what most people call the will, is the four to first player and, you know, the force player and all that. And then the weak safety is now the three player, final three player. Um, when I would like kind of the difference, you know, when I would like to play those would be um, if I know I'm going to get a lot of the running back out weak fast. Okay. So he's running the swing route or the wheel. I want to play it like six sky because my weak safety is probably going to be better running with that running back than my linebacker is. Um, if it's a, uh, you know, situation where I'm getting four verticals. Okay. And I know the back isn't going to go out. Most likely they're going to keep him in the protection six man protect it. Cause they're running four verticals, um, six buzz. I would prefer that just just because my weak safety is now the three player taking him up and back and he's just a better athlete than my linebacker is right so it's you know I have speed on speed at that point I don't have a linebacker you know trying to run with a bender route back across the field so those would be reasons that uh that I like six sky versus six buzz Awesome. So one of the things that I've noticed over the past couple of years is I'm starting to see teams that are kind of reading it. And, and I, I don't, you know, there's I, I've seen some rules floating around out there. I've seen some different college and pro teams. One of the teams that I've seen do it a lot of the Chicago Bears. I don't have access to the rules, but how it's been described to me and what I've seen is what ends up happening is Teams will play cover six, weak side rotation, but the weak safety stays deep and he hangs back. And I'm guessing this would be on longer down and distances where you still want to be able to play an eight-man slash six-man front where you've, you're getting guys in the box, but you also want to protect yourselves against verticals or a team that likes to run a lot of verticals. And the concept is this. Say we're in six guy. The Mac, who's in the box... He's usually the three-up player, okay? Obviously, he's a bigger guy than the weak safety, and it's it's a harder time for him just from a speed and body type um, standpoint, but also because he's starting short to deep where the weak safety is deeper. And so where right. I've seen it is those guys are reading the back, the Mac and the weak safety. If the back flares and is, or is fast, he, he's an arrow, he's fast, whatever's going on, it's a run, it's six guy. The weak safety comes down. And he's the force. If it's a pass, he's going to take four to first crosser. Your Mac is your three up player. However, if two weak or some people call four is in the down, as you say, which is a term that you've taught me, he is blocking. 
the Mac will now take the back man-to-man in case he comes he comes out and option routes or check downs and other things like that, delaying. And the weak safety will now snap his eyes to three, and he will be the three-up player. So it's not... It, it's not... It, it's from a six-sky look, but it could be six-sky or six-buzz based on the release of the back. And if you've got a guy like the Bears, and, and forgive me, Bears fans, please don't yell at me. I'm not sure where all your guys play, but I believe, is Eddie Jackson the weak safety there who played at Alabama? Uh, Yeah, I think he or is. Or is he the I nickel? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to get I know hate mail. DB. So they get, let's just say it's Eddie Jackson, just for argument's sake. You got a guy like Eddie Jackson, and even though linebackers, like we mentioned Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner's a hell of an athlete. He does a great job on this. However, even if, the, even if it's a tie in terms of athleticism, just from being able to play top down on a route instead of being yeah. short where the Mac is where he's having to swivel around and roll underneath and carry that safety can play it top down and actually you can bait a quarterback if they're trying to horizontally stretch you on four verts you can almost bait him into an interception because they're reading the backer he sits there and is thinking oh I got it and then that guy comes out of nowhere almost like poaching like uh, quarters so yeah. if you're feeling advanced yeah. now the downside to that is because you're reading things post-snap, one, it's more complicated, and two, there can be some miscommunications or if guys are, if the back is running a Texas route or an angle route where he's coming back inside, you know, there can be some gray areas, but if you're really worried about that bender and you're really worried about the athletic matchup on your Mac on number three, especially if that three is a, a true wide receiver, I think it's a great concept. Yeah, at the high school level, I, I probably wouldn't do that, but in college and NFL, most certainly, you know, you would have some sort of tag in there to be able to read, you know, play six sky or six buzz based on the release of the back. Well, I might be dumb enough just to try. Um, we played some cover three last year, cover six last year, and we put it in for an opponent and we were not used to it. And our Mac, actually, I was really surprised and really impressed. Uh, he did a good job. But the receiver was so, so athletic, and he wasn't used to doing it. Um, we actually taught it out of special and kind of bastardized it to make it like cover three. So it, was, it wasn't the true cover three. We were teaching it off a of special stubby where we said, all right, corner, you're going to bail. You know, star, you're going to have the China call. And then we just taught the money and the Mac how to play under two and under three. Our weak safety had already... And, uh, know how to play four to first because of other coverages we ran and our free safety to the field knew how to play the middle third so really we were only teaching two guys something new and we played it because they they were a pistol team and never had fast fours ever we could play it like just we could play skinny all the time and um and we played that and it, it, it was good but it just it, that, that technique is so hard and if you're not doing that a lot it can be troublesome. So we should have probably had something like that in because their back very rarely went fast. And when he did, it was weak and it was very, there were very specific plays they were getting. So if you're, um, I'm going to say this, how do I say this nicely? If you're adventurous, AKA dumb enough, like myself, something you can think about doing. So anyway, moving along. So let's talk about strong rotation. Um, we'll start with three sky. Uh, just saying here, so three sky, I've seen teams running some more of it out of four down 
because teams, and this is kind of just evolution of football, you know, seven, eight years ago when I started, when I came back to high school football, the Rage was playing the nickel outside of two. TCU started doing it. They weren't the only ones. There were other schools. And so teams were playing more buzz where that deep safety would buzz down inside. But now that you're starting to see the RPOs and there's kind of that division of labor where the nickel's getting closer to the box, people are starting to run a little bit more three sky. And also you're seeing the advent of the tight front, the mid front, where, you know, if you have a C area player where you've got making trips, people will bring that guy and play three sky. You're still rushing four, but your stars, your fourth rusher and your free safety rolls down. So you're actually starting to see more three sky than you used to against those kind of sets. So we'll start there and, and Kyle take us through three sky. Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd say it's definitely more common at it, you know, out of the three, four, two, where you're bringing that strong outside linebacker, right. And rolling down the safety and you, you know, you have that backside outside linebacker playing is the four to first crosser player. So, um, yeah, it's all, you know, the same idea stuff, right. Where if we're going to play three sky, you know, you could bring, bring the nickel off the edge and brought in a drop that, that weak defensive end Jack, right. To play as the four to first crosser player. Um, you know, you could have just a traditional four down rush, right. And have the star play as the final two player in the curl. Right. And then have right. the money as three and the Mac is four. Right. It's, you know, so this is just plug and play and, you know, putting the puzzle together slightly different way. You know, you can still play the skinny tag, right. It's going to be a ways potentially for that free safety to go right to get down there, um, to get to that number two receiver, you know, to be able to play match rules on him. So, right. Uh, yeah, that's just probably going to be difficult to do just from a pure alignment, you know, standpoint. Um, but yeah, so three sky, you know, different ways to do it. Just rolling that free safety down, um, and to be the flat player. And then, you know, who do you want in the curl? Who do you want in the strong hook? Who do you want in the weak hook? Different ways to do it. Um, I mean, with three buzz, right, it's the same idea, just inserting the free safety into the curl, you know, and playing as the final two player. So, you know, now we're playing backer support, you know, just like before, um, you know, the star is the final one, the free safety's final two, the money is three, the Mac is four, right? We're playing backer, you know, force on that side. Um, it's all, you know, the same stuff, which, you know, kind of like you were saying is pretty common of how teams are going to do it and how we do it, you know, 99, some percent of the time is we play three buzz cause we're normally four down and I, you know, I just, it's a lot of teaching to be able to do three sky and three buzz and six sky and six buzz. Right. Um, I think we were talking about it the other day about how, you know, yes, we're teaching everything as X is on the board. Right. But at the same time, this is high school kids. And yes, he should remember how to play as the final three player as the weak safety, because I taught it to him, but he probably wasn't paying attention because it was a high school kid. Right. You know, but he doesn't get very, <laughs> yeah. 
he doesn't get very many reps at it, you know? So, you know, really, should he know it? I mean, yeah, I taught it to him. Right. But if he's not getting reps at it, if, you know, he's not doing it all the time and, you know, getting it retaught to him, you know, an individual and team and everything, right. Then how much can you really expect, you know, some, a kid at our level to be able to remember. So, yeah. No, I'm with you and, and coaches. So anybody that's been following since the first Glazier webinar that Kyle and I did together, with Adam Gaylor, Cody Alexander, and Chris King knows that I've been having a little bit of an identity crisis and really trying to pull this out. And it's kind of, and I've talked about this on various podcasts about finding answers. So what I found in my off season, I've reported back, I've gone Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, ULL. I've talked to guys from TCU, UIW, God knows all the coaches I've talked to high school and college, not visiting in person, but I've been able to talk to and I will say this, Kyle, you can feel free to agree or disagree with me. That's fine. If you disagree with me, I'm probably going to cut it, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> so what I found is with three buzz is in three buzz is one of those things that it's kind of come and gone. I know the last couple of years, I hadn't seen a whole lot of it in the world that I've been in. That doesn't mean it hasn't been there. This is just from my experience. But after everything I've seen and studied and talked to guys, Three buzz to me is the best answer to gun strong three by one RPO because you're buzzing that safety down. He can sit over the throw of number three. Now for me, for my money, I would put the three technique into the boundary so you can chase to the field. Your 40 backer can now scrape around and play the quarterback. So you have a quarterback player and an overhang player. And it's a way to play zone coverage, chase the dive on RPOs, and still be in a zone situation. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, Coach, but that's kind of what I found. It's like kind of my final analysis as we get close to the season. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, I I mean, that's why, I mean, I'm one high kind of ride or die is I have the ability to rotate strong and weak, you know. So, I mean, one, you know, I got six in the box, you know, obviously tight ends, you know, we get seven, eight, whatever it might be. Right. But, you know, if I want to be able to chase the dive and scrape exchange it right to that three by one loaded set, then I, in my opinion, we need to be able to rotate strong, right. And put the free safety on the RPO of three and take that money linebacker out of conflict. Um, you know, with, with the two high stuff, so so much of it is rotating weak because you're trying to double that number one wide receiver, you know, with the corner and the safety. And it's always, you know, cloud support or sky support, you know, however you're doing it that, well, now that Mike linebacker is getting pushed out of the fit, you know, so he's then playing the RPO and it's the same idea, you know, in skate, um, and I've talked about this a few times, like on Twitter and probably in the Glacier webinar of, you know, whoever that final two player is like, they need to be hanging on the RPO of three, right. And they're out of the run fit. Okay. Um, so whether that is the money and skate, or I should say six, right. in cover six, the money is out of the fit. And now it's the Mac and the weak safety in the fit. 
if it's, you know, three buzz is usually what we're playing. You know, the money in the Mac is in the fit and the free safety is hanging on the RPO of three. So being able to rotate strong and weak, you know, in that one high world gives me options of how do I want to defend the RPO? I can set the three technique, you know, however I want because I'm rotating strong and weak. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about um, the idea of not double rotating on Twitter, um, which to me is setting the three to the same side of the rotation, right? So if I'm rotating, you know, weak, um, I'm playing six, I don't want to put the three, you know, to the side I'm rotating because now one, the weak safety is having to play the A gap, the Mac is having to play the B gap and potentially having to scrape exchange with the defensive end, you know, on the zone read all the way to the C gap, which from a zeroed up position is going to be very difficult to do. And now that might can be in conflict of having to play the RPO of three and then, Oh crap, I might have to fall back in, you know, it's very difficult. Right. But, if I rotate weak and I set the three strong, you know, I can squeeze and pop two for one, that defensive end to force the give, you know, back into my six man box um, with the weak safety playing the B gap, the the Mac playing that strong A gap. Right. Um, same idea with, you know, I rotate strong with the free safety. I want to set the three technique weak. Right. And then I can straight, scrape exchange to the fronks to the strong side with that with that money linebacker to the open b gap bubble right and the mac can play the you know the open weak a gap um i think that's a huge benefit of being able to play one high is you know you can rotate both ways like i said and dictate who gets the ball as we're you know in too high yeah you can rotate strong but it's you know to me at that point it's well why am I playing too high if I'm not you know helping the x receiver you know helping getting help on x receiver that's just my opinion but yeah I mean it it can totally be done from too high but in my opinion I'm playing too high so I can get help on the x receiver right I totally I totally agree with you on that I just found, you know, for for the two high guys that aren't willing to kind of just say, screw it, and we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, and we don't care. You know, everybody says, if you want to play RPOs, play man. Well, some people don't have those guys, and I just thought that three buzz would be a good answer for the gun strong. Now, let me make, make this very clear. This is, we're talking gun strong three by one, so four to one side, so... Trips yep. with the back offset with an X backside. I thought right. it was a good way to do it without having to play straight man to man, and and it plays out similar in similar ways. And you rotate the same way. You know, most people, if you're in a four four man front, and you're going to play, you know, man free versus trips, you're going to rotate your deep safety to the field down to the strong side. So it naturally fits with that. And you know, if it's if you're getting quick game, you can actually. After your guy clears, you know, the the money and the free safety, once your guy's clear, 
um, you, they can buzz underneath those slants. So if they're not taking those verticals, they can they can really work underneath those routes or not so much slants, but in breaking routes that develop further down the field. Now, there's one thing we do need to talk about, coach, and and you'll see this a lot when you're rotating weak. What's going to usually happen is your mic backer or one of your backers. It depends. If you bump your backers, you slide your backers, your mic will be walked out over two and three, between three in the AML line of scrimmage and six, and your will will be in the box. Alabama yeah. and Saban and friends, and a lot of people and myself, and I and I'm my weekly PSA. Haven't done it yet. Here it is. If you play a four down defense, and even if you don't really, if you play a four down defense, and you're thinking about playing a dime package. Flip your linebackers to trips. I can't stress this enough. I got so tired of teaching inside run fits in a 4-1 box. Because even if you're playing cover six, that weak safety's buzzing down late. I'm talking about you're in a 4-1 box immediate. An immediate 4-1 box where that guy's not buzzing down before the snap. You're in a 4-1 box. You're in two by two. You're... I, I used to slide, so your mic would be in the box, your will would be walked out, and then a three-by-one, now your will's in the box, and your mic's buzzed or, or bounced out. So now you're teaching both guys both things. And yes, there's some things to cross-training, but I also believe if you can, specialize. So why are you going to have one guy tackle to tackle if it's two-by-two two, and then have another guy if it's three-by-one? Take the guy who's flipped out and or, or slid out and flip him over in three-by-one so your job's staying the same. I can't stress that enough. Now, with that being said, if you are going to play three buzz, you're going to have to slide your linebackers weak. So, Coach, go ahead and talk yeah. about that a little bit, about how that fits. So, yeah, I think three buzz is one of you know a great answer to the RPO stuff, the gun-strong RPO stuff, because you're taking that money, you know, or what probably what most people call that Mike linebacker out of conflict. Right. right. Um, so fit wise, um, we're going to be double thirties, which with, uh, with the money in the Mac, um, which we call a hip alignment as we're on the hip of the guard. Um, when we slide over like in six, what you talked about, we call that a stack alignment because we're stacking the center and we're stacking the tackle and um, like in a 40 and a double zero. And I talked to the, you know, the money linebacker about, Hey, if three's wide, like, you know, you're going to have to bump out even farther, you know, like you talked about of having an apex three in the end man. Right. But just general rule, you know, for our hip, uh, for, sorry, for our stack alignment is a 40 and a, and a double zero. And that's going to be when we're playing six. And then, uh, when we're playing three is going to be double thirties. So um, kind of like I talked about before, you know, on Twitter of in the one high world, I'm gapped out, you know, we're a single gap defense. We have enough guys in the box and we're not having to sling the fits between the underneath defenders. Um, so in three, you know, cover three rotating strong, we're going to set the three technique weak right so away from and when i say that i mean away from the passing strength right um so if it's you know i don't care about placement of the of the running back or if there's a tight end you know it's tight end trips if we're rotating strong right then we're going to essentially play like an under front and if we're rotating weak then we're essentially going to play an over front and you know i don't care about tight end 
and running back uh, that chain tight ends change technique alignment for uh for the defensive ends and stuff you know but it's uh it's it's that general idea of over versus you know in six and then under in three so in three okay and we're kind of playing that under front where imagine it's 10 personnel okay we got double fives we got a one to the trip side and a three to the single side 30 backers so the money is playing the open b gap the mac is playing the weak um open um a gap right um as a general rule right to the three five side we're going to squeeze and pop the defensive end versus zone read he's going to be that two for one player playing the cutback of the running back and you know the quarterback on the keep um to the one five side we're going to scrape exchange it where the defensive end is going to bend and chase down the down the line you know looking to take the dive or the running back and then the uh 30 tech linebacker is going to scrape over the top. Um, I, I talked to him about replacing the heels of the defensive end to uh, play the keep of the quarterback. Um, that's, I, I call it the seventh dimension is a, uh, is a problem. Oh, we're getting where, in the seventh dimension. I love it. Where if uh, the tackle will veer down, you know, down block and then, you know, climb and base block back out on the scrape linebacker, um, then you can't scrape exchange it anymore, right? They, they know how to beat the scrape exchange. So we'll play – we play good flex bone teams that know how to do this, right? Um, you know, the, the spread coaches that understand the option game and, um, you know, how to, how to block the, the, the actual option stuff up are really good at it right so if if they know how to create the seventh dimension and beat the scrape exchange then we need to we need to squeeze and pop it with the defensive end right because any quarterback run game i I don't care if it's zone or gap or man there's going to be seven gaps with uh you know with the 5-0 line and then the running back is either a blocker or potential ball carrier right there's there's going to be seven gaps so we need that two for one player um to get the numbers back in our favor so um you got you got questions on any other run fit stuff well one thing i've noticed about the uh your crew um and and i maybe i'm just living under a rock but you guys have some interesting phrases that i'd never heard before to describe things like in the down, I remember when we first started talking back in November, you said that I'm like, okay, stop. What what does that mean? And once you, once I once you explained it, I knew what it meant. I just I hadn't heard it before. And maybe I'm like I said, maybe I'm the one that's you know just living under a rock. But you see, you, I've heard you say sling the fits before, and you've described it to me. But I I, I want you, the listener to really understand what you're saying when you say that. Can you could you briefly take us through what that what that means? Yeah, so um, I think uh, here's a shout out to one of my best friends, uh, Dante Barti. I think he, I think he coined the seventh dimension phrase, if I remember right. Uh, um, I, I think that's, I think that's where we got that from. I, I can't remember anymore. The three and the down stuff is, you know, definitely from that Saban family. Um, so slinging by slinging the fits. 
So, you know, I kind of talked about this on Twitter too, and maybe on the Glacier webinars, I can't remember is, uh, you know, when I'm in that too high world, I got three underneath players, you know, call them Sam, Mike, Will. Okay. So versa, um, kind of just going through simple math, right? Um, if I'm one high, I think everybody agrees 10 personnel. I got six in the box to keep it easy. We'll say four D linemen and two linebackers, right? Four, two. And whether that, right. you know, say we're playing three, right? So it, it truly is two linebackers and we're not, you know, if you play six, you still have six in the box. It's just the mic is pushed out and the weak safety is the sixth defender, right? So it's, I got six in the box either way, right? And tight ends, like I said before, you know, that's creating an additional guy in the box, et cetera. Okay. So for me to get to too high, right? I, well, I need to pull, that's, I need to pull somebody out of the box to get another DB, right? So just, you know, math, right? Two's, two's one bigger than one. So I got a minus one from somewhere to add it into the secondary, you know, to get somebody else on the roof. So if I had six in the box and I got five in the box, okay. Well, if I'm trying in too high, you know, in too high coverage, I got five in the box, just generally speaking against 10 personnel. So if I want to try to live in a gapped out world where, you know, I'm not stealing gaps with um, defensive linemen or linebackers, right? So kind of shout out to Adam Gaylor, right? I'm not stack track and fall back with the linebacker where he's playing two gaps and fitting off the ball or, you know, squeezing, popping the defensive end, right? Or I'm playing, um, you know, some sort of two gap technique with, um, with the defensive line or the Jimmy pony stunt T gog stuff where I'm pushing the ball to the perimeter or whatever it might be. Right. Like I need to two gap somebody if I'm not living in a gapped out world, like one high, if I'm trying to live in a gapped out world without being gapped out, right. I only have five, but I'm trying to play with six even though I don't really have it, I need to sling the fits between the Sam, the Mike and the will based on where the quarterback is reading for the RPO. So if it's two by two, right. And the quarterback's looking at the Sam, he's out of the fit, right. He's playing the RPO and then the will is going to fall in late, you know, to play the run as the sixth guy, the Mike is obviously, playing the run regardless um if the uh quarterback looks at the will right well now the will is out of the fit he's playing the rpo you know whatever it might be you know hitch slant you know bubble whatever the mic's obviously playing the run regardless and now the sam is falling back into the fit late you know so i can try to get six guys so um i know I know Adam calls it playing with kind of like five and a half guys. Like you're trying to get that, that sixth guy late. Um, you know, so that's, uh, that's what I mean by slinging the fits is, uh, post snap. You're determining who is in the fit and who is out of the fit based on where the RPO is going to. So like, 
you know, if they're getting in pistol, then it's, that's going to be crucial for you to be able to sling the fits because the bat could go either way. Um, if he's on one side, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty rare, at least, um, in Missouri to see RPO away from the back. Right. So you can, you can usually say, Hey, if you're away from the back, you're going to fall in, you know, as the sixth guy, but you know, college level NFL that, that changes things, you know, they're, they're doing more advanced stuff. Um, three by one is the same idea, right? So too high it's weak side rotation because we're playing corner sky support. Um, so the mic or the money, you know, the money is pushed out of the fit and playing the RPO usually, right? So um, if it's like a loaded set, most likely, right? So now we're slinging the fits in between the money, the Mac, who most people are probably calling the will, and the weak safety if it's quarters or the corner if it's cover two, right? So, you know, if I'm getting RPO to the trip side, well, now the money's out of the fit, the, the Mac, is playing run regardless, and then the weak safety or the corner is coming in late as the sixth guy, right? If I'm getting RPO to the single side, well, the weak safety or corner is now out of the fit. The Mac is playing run regardless, and then the money is needing to fall back in, you know, late as the sixth guy. So that's that's what I mean by slinging the fits, you know, between the three kind of underneath players um, to determine who is in the fit and who's out of the fit based on, uh, based on who the quarterback's reading, you know, for the RPO. Um, you know, if it's not RPO, it's, it's, it's not that big of a deal, right? If, if it's, if it's just straight drop back pass or, uh, obviously you don't have to worry about fits then, but if it's just like regular run, right. And they're not RPOing. Okay. Um, you know, it's not that big of a deal of having to sling the fits because there's no RPO threat. Um, right. Kind of, you know, if, if they're under center, right, like we're not going to get RPO, post-snap RPO, right? They're going to read it pre-snap off leverage and, uh, you know, throw whatever it might be just based off pre-snap leverage. So, you know, under center, you don't really have to worry about it, but it's, uh, it's that guns being a gun and, RPO away from the back or they put him in pistol and you don't know where the back is going to go. You know, that's, that's what I mean by slinging the fits between those three guys. Does, does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, Kyle. So we've gone through all the coverages. You've done an amazing job detailing everything for all the listeners and myself. I'm ready to go put the coverages in. I know what to do. I know how to do it now. And you've, and you've talked about it kind of through the different coverages, but just to put a nice, neat bow on this episode, our first one on Make Defense Great Again. First of all, before we even get there, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about this. You are the reason that this podcast is even named this. Um, I, you know, I had heard people say it before. I'd said it at some point, I think maybe before I knew you, but it was like one of those things in passing. But you were the first guy to really not only make it a funny name, but a rallying cry, a call to arms. So I have to thank you, and with your permission, I asked you and said, hey, can I use this name? I really enjoy it. Thank you. So I appreciate it. Hell yeah. Um, 
I think maybe the first time I might have ever heard it was uh, was my friend Dennis Murphy up in up in the Northeast uh, Massachusetts. I think he might have been the first one I ever heard say it. I, I can't remember. Right. Well, and and I and I want to say this. Um, I, I and I'm not going to get political on the show, and I don't like that's not the point of this. Make defense great again is not political. It is a tongue-in-cheek thing. Um, I think one of the best things about football coaches are, you know, um, I've seen very left-leaning liberals. I've seen very right-leaning conservatives. We've all come together. We generally don't talk about that stuff. Um, the only time I've seen some of it is people like posts, which, you know, this is this is a public space. It's your profile. You do whatever you want. I just want to make this abundantly clear. This is not a political statement. It's a statement of intent. We must make defense great again. We will make defense great again. And damn it, it's going to start here on this program. <laughs> All right. Now, back to the menu. If you wouldn't mind, go through real quick the from six guy, six buzz, three sky, three buzz with skinny attached to each one. When would you use each one? So, um, like we said before, we can use skinny, you know, with any of them. Um, I like skinny if I'm getting four verticals, right. And I want to carry the vertical of two. Um, I like playing it like area. Um, if I'm getting smash snag flood, right. I'm getting somebody coming to the flat. You know, I want a flat player, right. I, I don't want to be carrying verticals at that point. So that would be, you know, the difference between why I would want to play skinny versus why I would want to play it like area, which is the base way that we're teaching everything. Um, I would want to play six sky, you know, if I'm probably getting um, the running back fast out week so I can get a DB on, uh, on a running back, right. Matchup um, six buzz. If it's a, um, for vertical situation where I want a DB carrying the vertical of uh, number three, you know, on the bender um, kind of weakness, you know, to that would be is if he's not going vertical, it's going to be a long ways for the safety to get there. Right. So if it's stick and he sits down and the strong hook, well, the weak safety's not getting there. Right. So, you know, there, obviously there's give and take in everything. Um, if I was going to play three sky, so I'm probably going to be like a three, four team, right. And I'm bringing that outside linebacker off the edge. Um, if I'm four down, right. I might be making it look like cover one where my star is, you know, man to man on number three or, you know, on a tight end or a wing or whatever it might be. And I'm rolling down late, um, three buzz, um, is going to be good for like the RPO, like you said, because, um, it's taking the linebackers, you know, out of the, I don't have to worry about RPO, you know, stuff anymore. So it's linebackers get to do linebacker things and they get to play the run all the time. And, you know, they don't have to worry about hanging on the RPO and, you know, then I have to relate to somebody else, right? It's, if it's run, I play run. So, um, you know, it makes it easier on them kids when you play, you know, three buzz and obviously three sky, you know, you get the same thing. It's just, 
the star is the one that's, you know, hanging on the RPO of three. Right. So, um, that would be, you know, kind of the general overall, you know, uh, overview of why I'd like to play each one. Um, you know, why would I want to play three or six, right? I think you need to be able to play both because of, you know, how do I want to play the option? How do I want to play, um, the RPO stuff, right? Do I want to scrape exchange it and make the quarterback run the ball? Or do I want to squeeze and pop with the DN and force the handoff? Right. So I can, I can dictate who carries the ball, you know, based on which way I rotate, which is dictating where I set the three technique, which is then dictating to the offense, right? You are either keeping this with the quarterback or you are handing it off, right? So, um, you know, you could do different things with the D line where you can line up and under and then, you know, cross the guard's face to get up into, to get into an over front and then squeeze and pop strong, right? Like you can play games and stuff with it to where, you know, they can't get a bead on, okay, the open B gap bubbles here. They're going to scrape exchange it. Oh, just kidding. They cross the guard's face and now it turned, you know, under turned to over, over turned to under. Right. And they're squeezing, popping with the DN now. So, you know, there's kind of the answer to that of if, if they kind of figure out how your run fits work. So um, that's that's why I think it's important to be able to rotate strong and weak. Excellent stuff, man. I've learned a lot today. One high, specifically three deep, cover six, the three deep zone in general is not my natural habitat. So this has been really... Uh, a great thing for me to do and I know there's been a lot of questions since we've done that first podcast back in April about how do you play trips so this has been awesome so to keep up with the traditions of the of the last podcast I'm going to keep with the question for those of you who listened before you'll know what it is for those of you who didn't this will be new to you it will be the same scenario every week it is to get a little flavor uh, for each guest and see their personality, a little window into it. And that's also a selfish way for me to learn some cool calls. So we'll go through it right now. Okay. So here's the scenario. Fourth and eight, 35 yard line going in. It's There's 12 seconds left and it's a state championship game. The offense is going to be in a two by two or three by one set. And this is with all things being equal. There's no stud or somebody that you got to look for. It's just kind of X's and O's on the board. Everybody's kind of even. Uh, they they have a great kicker. So the offense is just try to get that ball, get the first down, get them in a little bit more of a comfortable range, and they feel confident they can kick the, kick the game-winning field goal, win by one point, and they have one timeout. Gut reaction, what are you going to do in that situation? So my first answer that I want to try to do is I want to run the Polish goal line defense. (laughs) (laughs) Tell the listeners what that is. For those of you don't know. So I believe this was in an old buddy Ryan playbook. Um, Mm -hmm. 
basically I'm going to trot out a couple extra defenders. Um, we might have 13, 14 guys on the field, um, <laughs> you know, rush those extra couple guys, play whatever coverage behind it. Right. And hopefully the refs and nobody else notices. That's awesome. You think you can get away with it? Probably not. Probably not. But well, I mean, it, I'm going to choose. I'm I'm going to choose some time off the clock by doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you could, eat, and then you can try to freeze the kicker if you want after that. Or I mean, they're still it's five yards, so they still got to get the first. It's a little bit. I mean, you're trading five yards for, you know, especially if you run them on late. You know, I don't know if some of the rules have changed or whatnot, but if you can get away with it, you've chewed some time off the clocks. So they still got to run another play. It's a great idea. Now, if you can't do it, uh, I wonder if it's one of those things you can ask the refs ahead of time. Hey, uh, you know, they're like, do you have any trick plays or shifts or motions? No, but we're going to try if we get in a crunch time. We're going to try to run 14 guys on the field and take some time off. You think you could tell the rest that? <laughs> I might be able to get away. You think with they would fly? Yeah. The yeah. relationship you have with the ref. Yeah. Be nice to the refs. Um, yeah. Okay, well, if the Polish defense doesn't work, what are you going to do then? Um, I'm probably going to play some sort of two-man variation, you know, whether it's just straight two-man or uh, man-match cover two where, you know, we're going to switch on out routes and stuff. Um, Front-end-wise, you know, kind of depend on the quarterback, right? Um, do I want to keep him in the pocket? Do I want to flush him out of the pocket? Right. So that's, that's going to dictate whether I'm going to do, you know, some sort of simulated or replacement pressure. Um, if he's not, you know, if, if I want to keep him in the pocket or if I want to flush him out then run a stunt to push him out of the pocket and have a spy to run him down. So I, I think that was probably similar to what I said last time. I don't remember exactly, but I, I think it was something similar, yes. But, hey, if that's your go-to call, that's your go-to call. Yeah, I mean, go-to is obviously Polish goal line defense. but Polish goal line defense, sorry, sorry. Uh, after after your first go-to, your second go-to. Right. Awesome. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being the first guest again. And um, good luck this season, and good luck in your first year as a head coach. Thanks, Vass. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot for joining us on this first episode of the Make Defense Great Again podcast. I've been your host, Coach Vass. Make sure to check out the new website, www.coachvass.com. You can find me on Twitter at Coach Fast. You can find the podcast on Twitter at MDGA Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like what you heard today, make sure you rate and review the pod. Also, just a note every week when I release the podcast, I will put in an official thread. If you have any questions, any comments, people full of crap. Come on Twitter and let's discuss it. I can't stress this enough. Twitter has been the best thing for football coaches. I've seen them a long time. We joke around that 2019 has been the year of Twitter, and it's really true. I have learned so many great things and made even better friends from Twitter 
And if you're not on there, you're really missing out. Thanks for joining us. And always remember, the quarterback can't see with tears in his eyes.